0: Conservative. Christian. Mother. Wife. Air Force veteran. Gun rights advocate. This is Stacy on the right.
1: Here's your host, Stacey Washington.
0: You know what? The simplest explanation is usually the one that's closest to the truth, even in the wildest of times. So I'm not, I'm not against, you know, you've had an experience. Awesome. Good for you. But I'm not here for the UFO chat. I'm not, I'm not here for the UFO chat. I'm going to have to, you know, step aside for that one. I'm, I'm not, it's not working for me. Um, and then just to kind of cover it a little bit, um, there have been so far the four, what they're calling foreign objects, which that's what lends itself to us then calling it, uh, you know, an alien invasion of some sort. Don't do, do you see how they're doing that? How they're working that over on you. It's a foreign object as opposed to the balloon. The balloons are getting mocked. The memesters are having a field day with the balloon. So if they can't control the narrative, if you're making fun of them, if the jokes are landing with purpose and hitting them exactly where they don't want them, then what are they going to do? They're going to say, okay, um, Maybe we should, you know, call them objects. We should call them foreign objects. Maybe we should float the idea that this has something to do with UFOs. Don't fall for it. So the U.S. government has publicly stated that its, signa- its surveillance craft are gathering signals intelligence. The others had various physical configurations, and they've flown at altitudes as low as 20,000 feet. So these... Balloons are most likely part of a deliberate intelligence collection campaign of China. They're usually doing it for information they can't gather from other means, which means they're trying to collect data for their ICBM force against our U.S. military first strike nuclear capability and our military command and control architecture, not UFOs. The minute you hear UFOs and you start thinking about sci-fi and you start buying into what they're selling, you take your eyes off the ball and all of a sudden, now you're a part of their narrative shift. They're using you. So the people over at Heritage actually kind of broken this down for us. The intelligence collection mission makes the most sense because China now has this vast ICBM missile force. They need targeting data to be able to be a credible deterrent against us. These little balloons overflew early warning, command and control, missile fields, and other missile and military installations. These balloons seem primarily designed to collect signal intelligence, which would be the most useful and the most appropriate for these platforms so that they can actually enhance their strategic targeting. So please, you know, save the UFO talk for Sci-Fi Club for, you know, maybe you're having a Stargate uh, Atlantis watch party this weekend. Save the UFO chat for that. All right. Welcoming into the show, my good friend, Lieutenant Colonel Jay Carafano. He comes to us from the Catherine and Shelby Cullum Davis Institute for National Security and Foreign Policy. You can tell I've interviewed him a few times before. He's an Army vet, Vice President of that august institution. He's also the E.W. Richardson Fellow at the Heritage Foundation. Jay, thanks for coming on.
1: Hey, great to be with you.
0: I'm glad you're here because, wow, uh, people are kind of buying into this whole UFO chat. Meanwhile, you are highlighting five Chinese intelligence failures, or they're they're China intelligence failures on our part, that are even more dangerous than the spy balloon issue, which I feel like is just as big and dastardly as our botched withdrawal from Afghanistan.
1: Well, the the reason why I highlighted these is they all had something in common with the the balloons story. And, uh, you know, I think there's obviously obviously the Chinese admitted that the first balloon is there. Um, It's very clear it was designed to collect signal intelligence. Um, uh, It's very clear that it basically had a mission of mapping and for the purpose of helping the Chinese ICBMs target our uh, nuclear response uh, force and uh, and the command and control nodes and the other objects which we think are balloons is are probably consistent with the same mission maybe you know different platforms with different configurations at different altitudes trying to find gaps in, in u.s radar coverage to, to to conduct this mapping mission on the United States but what was to me striking about that was the the effort of the u.s government to kind of ignore first ignore and then kind of blowball the story until you know, people were really upset about it because the administration really still wanted to deal with the Chinese. They still wanted Blinken to go there. And it just got me started thinking about all the other intelligence issues where, you know, we haven't really gotten the, the, the kind of product from the U S intelligence community that we would expect. And so one of them, for example, is the Hunter's laptop, which even Hunter says is Hunter's laptop. And you know, because you're in the military. Anytime there's a potential that, you know, important classified information has come into the hands of an enemy, the first thing the intelligence community would do would be a a, a damage assessment to say, what kind of information could have been compromised? How serious was this? Who could have been compromised? How could it be used? Um, And, you know, we've never heard about And these guys have been in office for two years. We've never heard anything about that. Not that we would expect to get all the details, but did the intelligence community not do an assessment? Because if they didn't, that's kind of malpractice. And if they did, why don't we know that an assessment was taking place? Um, And and so when you kind of go through these kind of connecting these dots, it either comes down to, well, what's going on with our intelligence community against, the most serious target that they have which is china are they having these recurring intelligence failures or is the administration not sharing or producing or using intelligence because it's not politically convenient for them and i just think it creates a very disturbing pattern
0: well it is disturbing because so they they really do have this uh, very blasé and negative view of the American people. You know, we all wear Walmart jeans and we're dumber than a bag of rocks and we're just sitting up, you know, chanting over our Bibles and, you know, licking our guns. Meanwhile, really intelligent people across the country from across the political spectrum were angered and absolutely flummoxed by this huge balloon apparatus flying over the country, only over the parts that contained our most sensitive military information.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, I think the one thing we're going to learn from this whole episode is that this administration has a China policy, which is essentially unworkable. You know, on the one hand, they want to appear that we're tough on China because Americans want a government tough on China. But on the other hand, they don't want to be tough on China because they still want John Kerry to fly over there and, you know, break bread with these guys and eat chow mein, I guess. And. And so their policy is we're tough on China, but we want to actually work with China at the same time. Well, that's completely unworkable, because in part because the Chinese don't care. The Chinese pay attention to what we do, not what we say. And look, they've launched uh, an intelligence collection campaign, uh, which is unprecedented. Nothing ever happened like this under the Trump administration. Um, Even the forensic data that they've been finding didn't indicate that the the Chinese ever did this. This was a a deliberate campaign of using balloons to round out their intelligence information for the stuff that you can't really get well through satellites to map and and target um, our nuclear response. Now, I'm blaming China for doing that. Of course, they're going to do that. I blame that our administration is saying, well, it's not really a big deal here because it, it is a big deal. I mean, I don't know if people caught the news, but it's directly, I think, directly connected to the balloon story is this week, again, another kind of intelligence thing. The government finally admitted something that we've actually known for quite some time in the open source, that China now has more ICBMs. These are the long-range missiles that you would fire nuclear weapons at the United States with. More ICBMs in the United States. Well, if you have an ICBM force, not an effective deterrent if you can't target things that hold the enemy at risk. And there are two things. That you, one is you target the cities, right? Because then you want to be able to say, well, you know, if, yeah, we could fight, but are you willing to lose Washington, D.C. and you know Seattle? Well, maybe we are willing to lose Seattle. Who knows. Um, but are you willing <laughs> to lose an American city to protect Taiwan? But you also want to target the enemy's ability to target you. You want to be able to take out their first-use nuclear strike to say, I can emasculate you um, before you even shoot at me. And and that's to make anybody think twice about challenging you. So it does has no good for trying to have a massive nuclear force if they can't precisely target our missiles. And there are limitations to what you can do with satellites. You know, satellites only actually over a target for a couple of minutes a day because the earth rotates. And, and we know when the satellites come over, so we cover stuff up so they can't see it. So satellite intelligence is great, but it's not everything. And what these are, what these balloons were uh, designed to do, wh- which is gather at, at higher altitude signal intelligence and, and another thing called mass sent, which is just imagery intelligence like from radars and stuff, to, to precisely map and target things. And I know people think, well, why do you need that? You know, if you're lobbing a nuclear weapon at something, you know, who, who cares if you can precisely target or not? Well, you, you actually have to be able to do that because, as you know, many of these military targets are are hardened to survive a nuclear strike. You know, you have to actually hit a pretty close to a missile, even with a big nuclear weapon, to actually take out a a, 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 missile, a nuclear uh, uh, ICBM solo. So you do have to be able to precisely target them. And the Chinese made an assessment, which I think that it was worth angering the United States um, to do this because to get that information and they could care less what Joe Biden thought about. it. And and look, the immediate response of our government when they launched this campaign was to let's not talk about it because we still want to send Blinken over there to talk to him as if sending Blinken to talk to the Chinese it's it's going to be a good thing he's like 0 for 3 with the chinese every time he's met with them they've got of mop the floor with the guy so i mean it's just it just goes to show that this administration does not know how to deal with china and china is the number one challenge the united states has in the world that i, I don't think should be a comfort to anybody
0: no and the fact that leftists are on twitter and saying well we you know we just don't care about this i wish i could make myself care you know the the big blue check marks. Where, I wish I could care about this balloon. That is the most ignorant response, because whether or not someone who's really important on Twitter, so-called, cares about something is irrelevant to its strategic and military uh, influence on, on how we live our everyday lives. And when you talk about that targeting and the number of missiles, you just describe what, in in my opinion, is the most likely scenario. They're, so first of all, They're interested in taking out missile batteries. They're not interested in destroying the United States. They would rather have the United States and own it for themselves. They'd rather control the United States. They would not like to utterly destroy the United States. They maybe want to get rid of most of the people here, but they want to keep the actual United States. We're rich in resources. It's a fully developed nation. If they could get their hands on it through the uh, little incremental wins that they've been able to exact during the Biden administration, that would be perfect. Also, They won't have to fire a shot if they control Taiwan, if they take control of Taiwan, and we can't get chips for our cars and all the different electronics that we use, and then they couple that with uh, a threat not to provide us with our antibiotics. I was just covering that the other night. So I talked about the ICBMs, Jay, talked about the fact that they control all of the parts that comprise the makeup of antibiotics, whether they're generic or brand name, and then they control the... The rare earth mineral market, and if they take over well, Taiwan, they'll control the chips. So they won't have well, let to me fire explain, a
1: ship. Let me explain how Taiwan fits into the whole nuclear competition thing. So mm-hmm. if you have what's called a first strike nuclear capability, right, the ability to fire missiles at an enemy before they shoot at you, um, and you have all the total information to do that, with that, and you've got a lot of missiles, with that, the Chinese can do two things. You can take out the missile silos and you can also take out the bombers that are still on the ground. That's so this those are two legs of what's called the triad. The third leg of the triad, which are nuclear submarines that are carrying nuclear weapons, which are deployed, the Chinese can't find those. That is literally the hardest target on the planet. Our submarines are incredibly quiet and incredibly difficult to find. Um, One submarine carries enough nuclear weapons to obliterate a number of Chinese targets. How do the Chinese match that? Well, the Chinese don't have nuclear submarines. They have diesel submarines. And why that's important is two reasons. One is nuclear submarines can stay out way longer, um, and they can travel really, really far. Diesel submarines don't have those kind of legs. They can't deploy for a really long time, and they can't go really far. They're also really noisy. They're, they're very easy to kill because they're very easy to find, except if the Chinese control all the waters from the South China Sea to Taiwan, Those would be places where the U.S. Navy could not deploy our anti-submarine warfare. That means that those waters become a sanctuary. And then the Chinese submarine force doesn't have to be invulnerable. All they have to do is leave port, go into those waters, and and sit there. That makes their diesel submarines— every bit as survivable as our nuclear submarine force. And so that's a, a stalemate. That's a checkmate. And so, again, you're right. The purpose of this isn't necessarily to fight a nuclear war, but it's to demonstrate to your enemy that they can't win one and that even doing something that brings you into direct confrontation isn't worth trying. And And if you don't think that this has value – um, we have an example that's going on right now. You know, We have nuclear weapons, and Russia has nuclear weapons, and look how that's affected the war in Ukraine. Uh, on the one hand, even though the Russians are losing that war because we're giving military aid to the Ukrainians, the Russians can't really do anything about it because if they expand the war beyond Ukraine – they're coming into contact with NATO, and they're risking a nuclear confrontation, and not, they're not going to do that. Also, conversely, you know, we could win this war in a New York minute. We could just go in and fight with the Ukrainians, but we're not going to do that either because we're not going to risk directly fighting a Russian. So nuclear weapons um, don't end wars. They don't prevent them, but they do, direct, they do limit escalation between the two sides that have them. I mean, look at look at Pakistan and India, which have been enemies forever. They've never escalated in war because nuclear weapons prevent them from doing that. So, when the Chinese say they want to have a nuclear arsenal that's as big or bigger than Russia or the United States, why are they doing that? Well, the the, the answer is is they want to be every bit as powerful and influential on in the world state as we do, and. You know, the difference is, is, you know, for all what people want, we are a benign power. We have no interest in a hard sphere of influence. We have no interest in controlling other people's countries. We have no interest in having an empire. The Chinese do. And when they raise in power and influence, they are going to attempt to do that. And, and in China, and this isn't us, this is in China's perspective, in China's perspective, they only get more powerful if the United States is diminished and weakened. They only survive by sucking off the United States like a vampire. They only get better if they ensure that we get worse. So them trying to build military leverage over us that is not something to be sanguine about not something to say, oh well you know we're a power what's wrong with them being a power they're going to use that power with malicious intent, and they're going to aim it at you and me and everybody that's listening on the radio.
0: Yeah, it's part of the reason why they like their spy app, TikTok. They just love it because it gives them such a wide open access into America's uh, pretty much everything. Um, they're able to track and monitor and you know record keystrokes and just learn everything they can about the American people. And, it's you know, you might be thinking, well, I'm just one person living in the Midwest. You know, wh- why would they care about me? It's the collection of data, the overarching, massive data trove. It's not individuals. It's the, you know, the behaviors of the populace as a whole, tracked and monitored and, you know, driven down to the finest detail. And we are really just so, so scatterbrained right now, Jay. What it, you explained be, makes so sense I mean, to me. It's, it's, it makes so much sense, but other people are just like, they're so out in left field. They don't understand.
1: It, it would be like if we were fighting the Cold War and we were waiting for the Russians.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, it's just that we we are the biggest enablers. We are paying to build up the Russian, the Chinese military. We are, we are handing over data to the Chinese. We are giving China the technology to destroy us. You know, it's like the scene in the Ghostbusters, you know, when the gozer says, name the form of your destroyer, you know, and they pick the marshmallow man. You mm-hmm. know, We're, We are creating the marshmallow man to come after us, except it's not a comedy and it's not funny.
0: Right. And the end is not anything that's assured, like, People who are discounting all of this just assume that even if China becomes a power, that they'll only exert their power over Taiwan or, you know, right. some of the nation states in Africa where they're building in the Belt and Road Initiative. But China's number one enemy is us. And they, they've they learned over time by watching us that an overt strike just coming out, we're at war with you, means mutually assured destruction, certainly, but we as the Americans, we, we would get off, you know, enough in the beginning that there wouldn't be anything Chinese left on the face of the planet. We demonstrated that in Japan decades ago. So they know not to come front on. Right. But because of this almost, it's like someone has gone in with a magic eraser and erased all of the brain synapses out of over 50% of the people in this country. And, and a bunch of those people are in leadership in D.C. And now the Chinese are like, well, actually... All we have to do is just take what we want out of their hands. It's like they're babies. You know, easier than snatching, a, 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 you know, what is it that the babies eat now? It's those little, they look like little pieces of rice, but it's a big old puffed up thing. And it's it looks like it has no flavor at all, but babies love them. I can't remember what they're called. It's like snatching those out of the hand of a baby. Anybody can snatch something out of a ba- baby's hand. And that's what they're doing to us. And our complaints and all of the analysis you've given here tonight, should be on the six o'clock news. People should be sitting up tonight, unable to go to bed, thinking about how much of what the Chinese have, we've given to them. But instead, everyone's obsessed with what Rihanna wore to the Super Bowl, or the disgusting display, or any number of other banal, idiotic things.
1: Yeah, well, well, as you know, you know, I was in the army for twenty five years and, and, and worked on a lot of military history in in both in the military and and since then. And and there's a a lovely book, lovely book. There's a a, a guy named Gerhard Weinberger who wrote the definitive history of World War II, but he also wrote a book called visions of victory, which is he looked at the, the plans of all the major combatants, the Japanese, the Nazis, the Americans, the British, of what the world would look like if the war turned out the way they wanted. And the vision of Adolf Hitler on what America would look like is no different than the vision of Xi and the Communist Party in China. You know, the difference is Hitler in the end planned on doing this with overwhelming his enemies with tanks and planes and ships. The the, the Chinese don't. You're right. The Chinese don't want to fight a war. As a matter of fact, they have an ancient military philosophy that talks about winning without fighting. But the end state that China envisions is exactly the end state that Hitler envisioned—that America essentially would be a slave state for the, their empire. That's what the Chinese want. The difference here is in World War II, you know, our sons and our daughters and our husbands and our wives and Americans rolled up their sleeves and and they fought bloody battles in terrible places all over the world. To prevent that from happening, today when we're faced with the same challenge, our response is to watch videos on TikTok and, you know, buy more stuff from China and spend money in China and invest from China and get on Twitter and say, you know, stupid things like, "Why do people care about the balloons?"
0: Yeah, it's it's very much um, as you've described. But I think it's the part about it that makes it worse is we know so many of us Americans know what it is that's going on and the people who should know Biden is aware of this. I mean, you know, assuming he's aware of where he is at any given point in the day, but Obama's aware of this, you know, whoever it is, that's actually in charge, whether it's Obama or, you know, Jill Biden, whoever it is, they are aware that China is taking advantage of this, this weakness in the executive branch and they are doing nothing about it. So this is this is not, to me, a left-right issue. Joe well, Biden should oppose China because they're China, not because Trump opposed them and he wants to do the opposite. But there's a whole lot of that, too. The politics of it enables China.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, the pathology of people like Obama and Biden is, is you know, and we see this in, in our everyday life, is they want to deal with the enemy they want, not with the enemy they have. So they have a vision in their head of of how this enemy operates and they think they're so brilliant and so smart that they know how to handle this and that the essentially the enemy will like do what you want, like a puppet on a string. And the reality is you have to deal with the enemy you have. This is the difference between Chamberlain and Winston Churchill. Chamberlain wanted to believe that Hitler really wasn't all that bad. And, and he refused to acknowledge that the reality of who Hitler was. Churchill never for a moment was fooled that Hitler was anything but what he was, which is a ruthless, bloody, you know, aggressive dictator. Joe Biden convinced himself that Vladimir Putin could, with a couple of sanctions and harsh words and, and waving your fingers, could be deterred from invading Ukraine. You know, Donald Trump was never that foolish. Donald Trump stared Putin down and he stared Xi down and he stared the guys down in Iran more than once and said, if you cross me, I will smack you with a baseball bat. And he actually did it on several occasions. And they feared Donald Trump because he knew who they were and they knew, he knew who they were. and And they knew the limits of dealing with a man like that. They look at Joe Biden and they say, this guy can be played. And I think that's, I, I think the last two years, you're, you're, you're exactly right. Russia doesn't want to fight a war with us. Iran doesn't. China doesn't. But they spent the last two years every waking day saying, "What can we do to put put something over on Joe Biden?" And they've been trying that. Sometimes, like in the Ukraine war, unsuccessfully, not because of Joe Biden, but because Ukrainians fought for their own country and refused to lose. But but you know sometimes like. Right now, where the China is doing a, a, a complete campaign of intelligence collection, in the United States and and the United States is falling all over its stress, trying to downplay it and say it's not really important. It's no big deal. Joe Biden actually said this is no big deal. They're trying to target nuclear missiles against the United States. And Biden says that's no big deal.
0: So there's a lot of speculation about, and and I, I know we have so much for your time tonight. Thank you so much for coming on the show and for, the, you know, amazing analysis and helping us to fully understand everything that's going on. Um, a lot of people are trying to draw connections between different things. And so as we close out here, Jay, is there any chance that there's a connection between a widespread AT&T outage in the Pacific Northwest that coincided with one of the so-called objects, which we know are balloons, crossing over that area?
1: Um no idea. I mean it's it's not consistent with what we think is going on, which is an intelligence collection. that's largely focused on gathering signals intelligence. The other thing I would say is is um, you know uh, you have to be realistic about what a balloon can do. Balloons are great because they can float up there for a really long time, but that's because, they're not heavy. And so there's a real limit to the payloads that you can put on these things. And, um, you, you really can't put weapons of mass destruction. You, you, you can't put big, powerful things that could, you know, put out lasers, re MPS and stuff like that. So they're you know, it's a balloon. (laughs) And, and when you're flying it, Twenty or thirty or forty or fifty or sixty thousand feet. Every extra pound of weight that you carry really significantly affects loiter time and how high you can go. So, for example, if you let's just say you wanted to put a sidewinder on the balloon, it, like in case a, pl- a plane was coming to shoot you down, you could shoot down the plane first. A sidewinder is two hundred pounds. If if you were going to fly that balloon at sixty thousand feet, that probably means that 200 pounds would mean, no, you, you're going to fly that balloon. at maybe 30,000 feet because that, that much weight would make that much of a difference. Hmm. So I don't, I don't know if these balloons have, would have realistically have any capability to have anything like uh, any kind of offensive capability of any significance.
0: Hmm. All right. So that was a question that we had, uh, you know, submitted uh, via email and I wanted to just run it by you. I am, I think this is very serious. And for anyone who has, if you have anyone in your life, um, you should let them listen to this interview. You know, if someone is saying, oh, this is so ridiculous. You know, the Republicans are making this into an issue. It's not a Republican issue. It's not a, a Democrat issue. This is a national security issue. And the Chinese are taking advantage of a perceived weakness in the executive branch to finish off their ICBM missile capability, which is one part of their triad. That's what they're trying to do. They, they're focused. They're actually working on something. Uh, it's always a pleasure to have you here, Lieutenant Colonel James J. Carafano, at JJ Carafano on Twitter from Heritage, heritage.org. Thank you for your time.
1: Thanks. Always an honor to be on the show. Thanks. All God right. bless.
0: Have a great evening. God bless. Eight six six We'll be right back.